Work all day has got me sick I'm tired of all the politics Only one thing does the trick Time for broken shtick Part hockey, part comedy You get all of your kicks for free There's only one place to be Here on Broken Shtick The world is changing, don't you blink Outside and inside the rink Go and pour yourself a drink It's even later than you think Just played you a trick And you feel like a lunatic Grab a puck and a stick real quick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick Hey everybody, welcome back to Broken Shtick uh, I am your host, Brett Hiker from, uh, You may know me from uh, Comedian's Power Hour uh, And I'm also the guy who has Two open beers right now uh, One a rolling rock and one a cider. So if I go quiet for a second, it's because I've grabbed the wrong one and didn't expect that. Um, that being said, <laughs> with me as always is our trusty producer, John Rosenberger. He can hear us. He didn't say anything. Usually he waves, uh, but he's also in the middle of a tenant association meeting. So each time he waves, he's accidentally voting on something. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right now, he just he just voted to get rid of the front door. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just, just... Uh, it's a free-for-all over there in Alphabet City. Uh, and joining us, uh, a very special guest this week, is uh, as a fan of one of the few teams left in the playoffs, uh, John Corelli. Oh, thank you, Brett. Uh, and rarely one of the few teams left in the playoffs uh, the last 40 years, so it's been it's great to see him doing well, finally. Yeah, you guys were here last year, though. Uh, yeah, we were, yes. Same it, just team. A, it just occurred to me that it's three out of the four same teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. outside of the Canadians, yeah. Yeah, which you know, I picked I picked the Canadians to make it this far at the start of the season. So I'm not. Uh, no one picked the Canadians. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, no, you're the only one. Uh, and I I really I'm hoping for a uh, God, I'm old. Hoping uh, <laughs> for a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who they had to go through? I thought it was Toronto. Yeah. Um, no, no. Back in 93, they lost to the Canadians who uh, eventually beat the Kings, the Gretzky led, I believe, Kings. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, they, the, that was the last time a Canadian team ho- hoisted the cup was 1993. So is, is the one that Toronto fans always bitch about is that they lost to Vancouver like the next year in 94? In the, so there, there was some bad call that Toronto's not over because they haven't had success since the, the uh, since, you know, the Eisenhower days or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, prime minister was during that time. <laughs> Seriously. It's been a long time for Vancouver. I think the last time they won a playoff series was actually against the Islanders in 2004, but I might be wrong about that. It's, it's been a long, they've had a rough road uh, for a very long time. Right. Yeah. I was, I, I bet against Toronto this year and it just occurred to me, I was just like, you know, if I would have just bet against Toronto for the last 20 years, uh, I'd have a solid chunk of change right now. You really would. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... there. But we, we we spent a lot of time talking about how sad how sad <laughs> Toronto is. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's let's liven it up. How how you been, John? I'm good, man. It's, I'm loved. Uh, I think we worked together. It's been a couple years when we were up in Lund- Loveland. Uh, you headlined a show that uh, Jeff Albright hosted. Uh, is that little... the one with the killer green room? Um, no, I don't think so. There's like a bar and grill. Um, unless I, I, I never entered a green room, room at this place. Uh, Albright had one room that was like, they had like a back bar. Oh, wow. It was, it was like a billiards room, but it, there was like a bar back there. 
And that was just the green room. And we had full access to go behind the bar and had full access to every drink to make ourselves cocktails and whatever. Uh, oh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know that, that made the whole gig worth it. It was, it was kind of a rough gig out front on the, on the actual floor, but <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> the whole time you're on stage eating shit, you're like, man, I can't wait to make a real strong cocktail in that back room when I get off stage. <laughs> Seriously, that's a, that's a great benefit. But no, this was a this was a pretty hot crowd for a bar and grill crowd. So, and you did really well. Mo Vita was there. Oh, I know exactly the show you're talking about. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good show. And you rocked. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a fun show. Um, what have you been up to lately, comedy wise? Uh, just I host a mic at the. Uh, at the Mercury Cafe, it's a, it's a showcase every week. Uh, we yeah. do a lot of benefit shows um, every Friday. Actually, this Friday is the last Friday. We'll start doing it on Saturdays in July and just see how it goes because she's selling the place, unfortunately. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, oh, the owner, yeah, the owner's 70 years old. She's ready to call it. So, uh, Wow. Yeah, she's hoping to keep it very Mercury-esque, you know, very community-based hippie type of place. So hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully that'll continue and hopefully... The next person that owns it will keep it the way it is and hopefully want to continue with comedy as well. How long has she owned it? Oh, God, like 30 years. Um, okay. Yeah, it was on 13th or 14th Avenue at one point. It's been, you know, 22nd in California for about so, 30 years now. Yeah, she owned it back in the Blink-182 days when they used to pop in there when they were, <laughs> when they were nobodies. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, she was, uh, she's been, uh, yeah, she's been doing it a long time. Oh, that's, uh, that's a bummer that it's shutting down. I've, I've never actually performed there uh, at the Mercury Cafe that I can recall. Oh, yeah, uh, it's... But I've, I've spent many a nights there. It's, it's a great venue. It really is. And the, the comedy has been very hit or miss. I, she's let me in there the last couple of years, uh, um, which was also hit or miss with COVID. But we, we did some Black Lives Matter benefits, Planned Parenthood. Uh, we've done various benefits, you know, obviously for very left-wing stuff, which is great. That's yeah. that community. Uh, so it's been, I mean, I guess you wouldn't call it all left-wing, but, you know, obviously on the liberal side. Yeah, uh, I, I think it'd be pretty hard to have a, a pro-life rally at the, the Mercury. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty unusual in, in between them, you know, dumping their ice out on the sidewalk and and going to the compost bin. Yeah, it'd be yeah. more unusual. I went to a wedding there where uh, the bride was... Uh, uh, she, she's a cool like Denver bartender, but you know, her family was very kind of conservative Midwesterners and uh, you know, the groom's side all showed up with face tattoos and uh, but man, was that a fun wedding. <laughs> I <can> imagine. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the wedding out of raising Arizona where half, half the dudes are in, you know, Hawaiian shirts and the other half are cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was more or less that. I mean, it, it was all cool. Like, you know, cool hipster, like uh, Denver guys, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like there was totally like, <laughs> like her family was taking pictures of the other guests, like they like they were at a zoo. Just <laughs> <laughs> look at that guy. Look, yeah, that thing ex- exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Talent gave a speech, one of the best man speeches, and just like, can we give it up for Michelle's family for putting up with all these face tattoos? Really, that's just <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, Going man. the extra mile. Um, <laughs> so. So you're from New York, right? Yeah, I was born there. And uh, the reason I attached to the Islanders was because of my grandmother. Uh, she was a big fan. She said that originally they were called the Long Island Ducks. And I was like, okay, that's a thing, apparently. Um, really? Yeah, I guess maybe that when they were an affiliate team, 
yeah, or maybe, yeah. yeah or maybe she had a senior moment i don't know but uh you know we had no hockey here when we came here when i was a kid in the 70s we had the denver spurs which is the best i don't know if you know about them you've been in denver uh, since the 70s yeah yeah i was born okay. in new york in 67 and uh in huntington station and oh, yeah. uh, i saw in long island and then uh we lived in elmer's queens till i was like five and a half came here real early and then you know those teams that you cared about when you were a kid even like i, I saw joe Namath, Namath, you know when when i was a little kid that that was happening yeah and I, I saw i watched him get slaughtered in the, by the broncos in 1974 i think and i was like okay i'm defecting to the broncos you know <laughs> you know eventually the rockies come so you leave the mets and then the knicks suck and the nuggets are okay in the 80s and then but it yeah. never happened you know we didn't get any hockey here till the 90s a real right. profession, you know, an NHL team. So by that time, I was well, well entrenched to be in an Islanders fan, even though they were horrid in the '90s. I know, uh, I know of the Denver Spurs, but mostly just because I'm really into like vintage hockey. So all these targeted ads hit me up with like Denver Spurs shirts. That's uh, so great. Yeah, and it, they have a cool logo too. I'm kind of like I was just to say it's one of my favorite hokey logos in the history of sports with the cowboy, like the cowboy boot, boot with the with the, the skate on the bottom, skate the spur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I, I also like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Uh, uh, then, so you were an Islanders fan through the '80s, then? Yeah, I was lucky. I was uh, like junior high, high schools when they were winning their four in a row, so that was a lot of fun to be part of. And then uh, watch another dynasty, another orange and blue dynasty take over uh, when Edmonton came in and beat them uh, in that attempt to win a fifth. Uh, oh, yeah. in, in the 84, 85 season and then just, uh, or excuse me, 83, 84 season. Uh, and yeah. And then watch them take off and win five out of the next seven. It's great. I never uh, thought of that. That You guys have a real blue and orange, you know, rivalry going. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I, I try to like it, all blue and orange teams, you know, whether it's the Broncos and the Islanders, it's a stupid thing I do. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, I, I saw like, because I, I, I was like, I, I think Corelli's a, an Islanders fan. And I went and checked your Facebook page. There was a picture of you at a Broncos game wearing an Islanders hat. You're an observant uh, person. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I didn't realize it was a Broncos game at first. And that, like, I on second glance, I was like, ooh, that's a good move. You know, <laughs> wearing like the right colors, but the wrong team and even wrong sport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a Broncos hat and I'm cheap. So I was just like... And that's funny, that picture that you mentioned um, is actually, that's in the Coliseum in Oakland uh, about four years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, that's in the black hole. If you look oh, at no, the background. okay, so <laughs> you yeah. were being cheeky, you were being a coward. So, you know, if some Raiders yeah. fans cornered you, would be like, no, Islanders, Islanders, just take <laughs> my friend. Take my <laughs> Seriously, friend. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my, my big uh, friend there was my wingman, and uh, but it was still scary. We were on the sixth row, and it was that game. I don't know, if, do you follow the Broncos anymore? Oh yeah, um, that was the game where uh, that was I don't know what what you call it chain snatch uh, the sequel. Yeah, where, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I watched it in a in a bar called the Turkey's Nest here in New York. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, with 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 like the line brawl on the side. Yes. On the, on the sidelines. Yeah, I had to like. It's where all the comedians in in New York come together to watch football, and I've I of course was the only one watching the Broncos game, and then like as that was happening, I kept looking over my shoulder, and no one was watching it. <laughs> And I was finally I was like, guys, guys, fight, fight. And then everyone stopped watching what they were watching. And they're like, oh, shit. It was insane. Um, I let it go for a solid 30 seconds before getting anyone's attention. Then I was like, shit, this is still going. Fuck, yeah. I got I to gotta let people know. And we were, I'm not even lying to you. We were literally not just in, we weren't just in the Coliseum. We were, we were in the black hole, the part they call the black hole. Really? Sixth, sixth row, corner of the end zone. Um, 
we and so we and that was our corner too and happened around the 15 20 yard line and me and my friend are just staring out there like we're gonna die here <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. they started they probably couldn't hear on tv or well especially in the bar they were they were chanting fuck the broncos I'm like oh jesus christ i would assume they were chanting that yeah that's just standard oakland shit it, it really was but i mean it was Obviously heightened thanks to Akeem Talib. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Talib seems like such an asshole. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he no. really does. Oh yeah, he's a dickhead. He's a great corner in this time, but man, what an asshole. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Crabtree seems like an asshole too, but uh, it <laughs> yeah. keeps scares me. Like it keeps the kind of guy that just like Jesus, man. You seem like a real like the kind of psycho athlete. Seriously, he might have a body in his basement. That guy. Absolutely, absolutely. He's got a. <laughs> <laughs> when they wouldn't that be funny? He didn't cross paths with Aaron Hernandez, did he? I... He's got a very, like, he, like if you were to show me, like, I've always thought Aaron Hernandez had, like, a creepy vibe, but if you were to show me, like, both their pictures side by side and be like, which one has killed someone, I'd pick Tlaib first. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering, because they were both on the Patriots, I think, at the same time. That'd be amazing if they were, though. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, because yeah, Tlaib was on the Patriots before he came to Denver. Um, well, speaking crazy. of fighting, do you, do you play hockey? This is the stupidest thing. I can't even fucking skate. I just love the sport so much. Yeah. I, I can't even, yeah, hardly walk on a pair of ice skates. It's pathetic. I mean, I wouldn't call that uh, a stupid thing. I, I play in a I play in a street hockey league here in New York where we play on feet. And oh, uh, and it's really, like, competitive and whatnot. But I found out that, like, half the league can't skate. That's funny. Yeah, I totally yeah. believe it. I, when I lived in Cleveland for a few years, I, I was in, like, a co-ed you know that type of uh, gym, just a gym hockey league with a yeah. plastic puck and it was a ton of fun um and i found out i can get a little com- competitive yeah <laughs> like there was, I was like almost body checking some yeah. women I'm like, okay i gotta calm down yep. of course you're competitive you're born <laughs> on the east coast <laughs> that's true it doesn't go away man all i needed was five five years of that new york water and it's still in me apparently. i i am constantly shocked in my rec league of like how competitive it gets at times i'm just like wow this is not like colorado uh, this is this is next level. <laughs> I can I can imagine. Yeah, Cleveland's the same way. You know, it's a, it can be a tough city sometimes. It's like, man, people get a little get a little chippy here sometimes. P- people have asked me about refing in my league, and I was like, I think if I was refing, I would just literally just like pull out my phone and film people and be like, look at yourself right now. <laughs> look at yourself. Good idea. <laughs> you see what you're, you're screaming doing? at a volunteer. <laughs> For real. Who has complete power over you right now? I could just award five goals to their team. Yeah, I could. Oh man, I, I, you're. I think it's the most brave thing to ref in that league. Yeah. Well, when I told them how I would ref, they were like, "We don't actually need you to ref. That would just antagonize some already <laughs> rage-filled people." Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, it is scary that that's some. A lot of people really get out their frustrations in, in those uh, types of leagues, uh, like. I, I usually pretty casual about it. If I, if I, when, when I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have moments of like doing kind of cheeky asshole things to other assholes, Yeah, but I usually do it in a, with a pretty calm demeanor. Like it's very rare that I'm like <laughs> not in control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's I've, I've never been in any situation where I've lost it. Uh, uh, I've lost, I had a, uh, when I was in college playing intramurals, I totally was just kind of like, you know, antagonizing the guy and behind the play he like baseball bat swam and like you know hit me in the face oh jesus uh, but I, was, I was wearing a cage but it like he hit me so hard that my cage i don't know if, you, if you've ever like worn the equipment but there's two hooks that the cage rests in 
hit oh, me yeah. so hard the hooks folded back over and Holy the cage shit. like pressed against my face uh and I, yeah, I wasn't hurt or anything but he like hit me so hard i went down uh wow. and then like <laughs> you know 30 seconds later i could have shook it off at first but then i was just dwelling on it and 30 seconds later we were on the, or they were on a power play and i was penalty killing and he just skated by me and I just grabbed the back of his jersey and just bertuzied the fuck out of him. <laughs> and that was the last time I up. lost it on, <laughs> on the ice. But the fact that I did it 30 seconds after the incident, like no one had any idea why I did it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ref, when it happened, when, when he like hit me, the ref just turned around and he saw me on the ground and he's like, I heard the clank. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> And I was like, well, maybe the guy who's on the ground got assaulted. Uh <laughs> seriously. It's funny. I was mentioning how calm I've been in sports in my adulthood, but you might get a kick out of this one. I played a lot of soccer when I was a kid and I was a competitive kid. And uh, we had a, an egregious offsides go against us. I mean, the guy was just 20 feet beyond our last defender before the ball was even lobbed to him. A Matt Duchesne goal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Except yeah, except in soccer. That was the only yeah. difference. And uh you know, he ends up with a one-on-one our goal and easy puts it easily puts it in the net. And this is a team we always lost to, and we were tied at the time. They ended up winning the game two to one. But uh, when this happened, I, I I was nine. I was like nine, ten years old, and I cursed out the. I mean, called him a son of a bitch. Yeah, I just lost it, and uh, obviously got thrown out. And we were already a man down, so it was frustrating because I was up in golden. People couldn't find the field. It was the seventies, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we couldn't find anything. Uh, but yeah, it would, um, my mom was just had her head buried in her hands, like, "Oh my god, this is my child." Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't believe. It. I went on a cursing spree on this guy, and he's just like, "You're out of here." I go, "Yeah, I imagine I am." <laughs> but that's probably the worst I ever lost. It was it was weird to be that angry of a kid sometimes. In in high school, I looking back on it, I, I can say that like in high school, I really wanted to get a penalty shot in high school hockey. Yeah. And uh, one time on a breakaway, like I just felt the guys like stick, like brush against the side of my leg. And I went yeah. down hoping to get the call. They call you and for a dive. I, I didn't get it. And I got up and I yelled at the ref. I was like, that's what well, I think I said, that's slashing. Open your eyes <laughs> and got a penalty for it. And uh, <laughs> looking back on it, it was totally me just literally just like trying to set up my own mighty ducks moment. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I love, I, I, now I have the picture of me and the rest of us being your coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our coach was short. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not all family, those Estevez fiends. They're not. Um, <laughs> so already this episode has been an emotional roller coaster of us having the lows of talking about Toronto and then the, the highs of uh, talking about comedy. Uh, do you want to go back to the lows and talk about last night's game? Yeah, I mean, I, here's my hope. Okay, now I understand too, by the way, I, I'm a fan of this team and I'm taking everything we get and trying to be cool about it. I, I understand we stole that Boston series. We got every call, we got every bounce. <laughs> we had we had David Pasternak miss an absolutely open net in game four. And then New York Saints. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it was funny. My son doesn't give a shit about hockey, but I showed him the, the Pasternak miss and yeah. how he reacted right after the shot. He just flopped on the ice. It's like, you yeah, know, hockey players they do that ever. That's how rare of a miss that is. And he's like, oh, my God. And that was I mean, that would have put them, I think, up two to one, if I remember right. So, I mean, that was a that was a series changing miss. Right. So, and like I said, even and we did, we got away with some stuff. I think penalties wise, we had like three or four more uh, power plays over the course of the series, maybe four, which is big. And especially considering that Bergeron, you know, uh, 
with a Bergeron Marchand and um, Pasternak line that just lights up power plays. Right. Um, we've really got fortunate. Um, I think we actually played really well against the Penguins. Um, but, but leading up to last night, I felt like last night was like this manifestation of all the bounces that didn't that went our way and all the calls that went our way. It's just like it was the opposite last night. I, after a while, you're just laughing. I wasn't even upset. I was just I mean, I was just I mean, shocked. I didn't shut it off. I was having like yeah. I, I bought the NHL package, which means that every fucking game now is blacked out. Uh, <laughs> so I have to do a legal stream and I was having like streaming issues and it kept freezing up and i'm like this is a good game for that uh i'd be i'd be pissed if it was a close game but at the same time it's like i really wanted to see like i I like watching a train wreck like that like when the the year the abs had like 45 points and you know set for the worst season since the atlanta thrashers like i watched every (laughs) game like i had to see how bad it could get uh but (laughs) that being said that's kind of what i was watching last night too i was like this could get interesting uh Do you think it was where the Islanders offer was just Tampa just on? I think it was both. I mean, when Tampa's on, I honestly do think they're unbeatable. I mean, that that's not only, I mean, you know, Jacob Hamill, you know, he's a big Bruins fan. Yeah. And we were talking uh, last year because Tampa went through Boston before they went through the Islanders to win the cup. Um, did they beat Vegas? I forgot who they beat last year. Um uh, But, you know, but to get to get to the cup, they had to go through Boston then us. And yeah. And Jacob Ham's like, they're just so big. <laughs> he can't get around these guys and they're talented. They can skate. They got everything, you know, and, and when they're on, I think they're close to unbeatable. Luckily, you know, last night it was both. We, we were, there were guys, you know, like Beauvillier and um, uh, Dobson, they'll make stupid passes sometimes in their own zone. It makes me crazy, but they yeah. were guys like, like solid guys like Pellick and Pollock and, and, and Andy Green making stupid stupid plays in their own zone too. Comrade right. couldn't get it out on that one goal. It was really frustrating. Um, and then we're knocking some into our own goal and then pucks are just landed right on their sticks in front of an empty net. And I mean, we hit the post twice in that second period where it looks like, okay, make it three, one, maybe we make this a game. And it's just like, Nope, we're hitting the post on each side of a op- pretty open net. And so I was just like, this isn't our night. And I think that when it's that bad, you just have to get over it quickly and say, Hey, game six, we got the old barn. Let's at least win game six for these fans. And if we go back and lose game seven, we lose game seven. Right. And that's, that's the thing too. Like after a game like this, you don't like, you're like, Ooh, I don't know if I like the Islanders odds in, in, in game six, but man, that, that barn crowd is uh, it's definitely quite the home ice advantage. They're amazing. Are these, I, I'm really giving him a lot of credit because I, I don't know if you knew this, uh, when Sorokin was uh, playing so well in goal in the Penguin series, they learned his, he, he played on some Russian team a few years ago. Some, uh, I don't know what their leagues are called, but he played, he was playing, playing on goalie on a Russian team and they some would some KHL team. Yeah. And they were singing song. They, they learned the Russian song for Sorokin. Really? They, yeah, and it blew his mind. They're like, I mean, not the whole song, I imagine, but they yeah, were yeah. singing like excerpts of the song. Yeah, yeah. I don't like... imagine a bunch of Italian guys in Long Island <laughs> really the Russian lyrics. <laughs> yeah, we're probably lucky if we can say borscht, you know. But it's, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, it's fucking. <laughs> but but I was blown this, away when this I this series that. is full of Russian goalies. Oh, yeah, it really is. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we yeah. Got our, I, think it, uh, I think that McElhaney is their backup, but outside of him, yeah, it's uh, and he's not going to see any action unless Vasilevsky gets hurt. Right, um, right. But yeah, yeah, we really, I, from, I love seeing Varlamov make this comeback these last couple of years. I really thought he was done. I was when they got rid of Leonard and then Bryce. Well, 
I was like, oh man, what are we doing? Let me ask you about that. Like that, I was going to bring it up later on in this episode, but like, and this is coming from a Colorado fan who, who, who liked Varley, but you know, a year ago, I would never take Varley over Laner. Exactly. No, me neither. I was pissed. I was like, okay, Trotz, obviously I'm going to say 99% of the time knows what he's doing. And I was like, this guy, and what a steal of a coach, by the way, this is, that's the difference right now to me. Yeah. He he has these guys playing his system. He has most, for the most part, I would say guys playing physical and very intelligent hockey. But when I saw that move, I was like, what? No, Leonard's Leonard was doing so well when they went two years ago. Well, and then they, they paid Varley more than Laner was making. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah no, Varley's like one of the top five highest paid goalies in the league. Wow. Uh, I, saw, I saw some stat the other day. I think it's Varley, uh, Varley, Flurry, and Price are all like in the top five highest paid goalies in the league, and they're all still in it. Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of like, so if, if Varley's more expensive than Laner, fucking – I don't know. That blew my mind because, like, even after this year, I would still maybe take Lehner over Varley. Maybe I mean, Varley's been very good. He's he's really I, he he made a believer out of me because I was like, oh man, um, uh, he's played. You know, even last night, I didn't think he didn't play well. I think they just got bad bounces of both him and Sorokin. I mean, yeah, and, I wasn't blaming Varley at all for for last night. Yeah, I was glad he pulled him after that third goal. I was like, okay, yeah, this, yeah. Is, it was a good pull. <laughs> but when he almost came back into, I was like, oh, I mean, at least it's for an injury. But I've been I've been to those games where like the goalie gets pulled and then the backup just gets shelled and they had to pull the backup and put oh, the starter back in. And that's such a gut punch. That's absolutely brutal. I can't yeah. imagine. Oh, yeah. That's oh, so yeah. rough. <laughs> God, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah it's, I have a friend that plays uh plays rec league in a roller hockey and he's a goalie and he's gotten he's really good you know i mean for his level yeah Um, they had to move up the league last year because they've won the last two championships and uh they actually held their own actually got into the playoffs in their new league which i was like oh good that's good for you guys uh but it is it it's just a position i respect so much i played some goalie when i was in soccer and i played indoor soccer goalie which is the closest thing to hockey goalie (laughs) i've ever gotten to and it's i just i'm blown away by what the the skills these guys possess and what they can do i'm just i I love the sport so much it's surpassed football used to be football one and then hockey two but they've i flipped them man it's just that i'm definitely i'm definitely hockey one for sure yeah i am now too i i think uh i think they well for one thing the code they they all play by it's 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 a really good code um you know if a guy's going to be do a cheap shot he's gonna pay for it um even if a guy doesn't do a cheap shot uh, you know like uh, like perry i felt sorry for the i can't think of his, is it mark perry the guy who plays for the canadians who took out taveras a uh, cory perry yeah and uh yeah i was like he and he's just like he's looking like really i'm gonna get my ass kicked for this <laughs> well <laughs> cory perry also loses the benefit of the doubt too like the, <laughs> i heard some other analysts say too it's like sure you don't think that's on purpose but when cory perry does it you got to just fight him anyway just in case it was See, uh, and that's, that's how ignorant I am of the rest of the league. I mean, I know the abs a tiny bit, but I've just gotten so weirdly fanatical with this team that I know everything they do generally. Um, I, I'm generally not – I'm more of a fan of the sport first and the team second, but when it comes to this, it's almost equal. I mean, I, I, mean, just, I don't know why I'm so nuts about this team. I didn't know Perry was, was an asshole until, you know, kind of late in his Anaheim years. And uh, I didn't watch a lot of Anaheim, and uh, – but yeah, I, I just thought of him as a goal scorer. Like he's a former MVP. So but, yeah, yeah. I learned later on how like Corey Perry is known for being a real cheap shot asshole, and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> that's <Wow>. yeah. 
So, well, speaking of uh, asshole plays, what's, <laughs> what's your takeaway from uh, Barzil's penalty last night? Uh, I, I don't think, I really hope they don't suspend him. I think it was, a, I mean, I, I get it because Rutu, I've seen take some cheap shots the whole series. Yeah. And so I get it. And I'm sure he said something. I'm sure Barzell said something. Barzell was not smart to go after him. I think I was like, I get it. And then you're getting beat, whatever it was. Was it eight nothing at that point? Seven nothing, whatever it yeah. was. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to totally defend it, but I also get it. Um, and I don't think it's like, I'd be surprised if it's suspension worthy. Um, I think he'll get fined. Uh, that seems to be the consensus. I, I mean, I followed it. There was a second there where I thought they were just going to give him five and not even kick him out of the game, and I was like, yeah. "That's appropriate." Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he's like, maybe one game tops if he gets suspended. But like, I cannot. I think it'd be an injustice to if the Islanders made it to Game Seven and Barzal wasn't back in the lineup. Uh, you know, but yeah, at the same time, it was like it almost looked like he punched the guy in the face. Like he looked like he got him with his glove. That's what I thought too. Even though the stick was really high, the anyway. stick was high. But and if that if he didn't lay on the ice for a long time, I don't think it would have been anything. I honestly thought it was kind of diverish. I, I, I looked at the when I looked at how he was hit, I was like, dude, I've seen top hockey, hockey players take way worse hits than that and not lay there for thirty seconds. To did he come back into the game? It's a good question. I don't know if he did or not. Yeah, me either. I didn't. Yeah, I, should, <laughs> I, I really should have been more observant of that because he comes into the game. I don't see how you can suspend Barzell then. Right. You know? Yeah. Same here. Like, the, yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, and I was totally like, as far as just being sympathetic to the ref, like I can totally see just throwing the guy out of the game of a of an eight nothing game who does that just to be like, I just don't want to see the retaliation. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah. there's no point in you staying in the lineup. You guys aren't coming back. This isn't going to change the outcome of the game. Exactly. Hit, hit yeah. the showers, idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You're down eight. It's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. It's, I, I agree. It's just like, that was smart, yeah. especially because we we've seen a lot of bad roughing, especially in the other series. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that, that Canadian Vegas series has had some ugly moments. This series had some ugly moments, but not not nothing super. Horrific not quite yet. that. The, the Canadian Vegas series, they get it's almost like at times like like they're just letting everything go and calling it even, and then just random shit comes up to be like, well, they're not doing that either. They're just letting it go and then just picking real ticky tack bullshit to call for whatever reason. Yeah, it's. I, I know there's a strategy there where maybe you're trying to at the end of the game you're like okay we don't want this to carry over to the next game where you okay we're gonna we're gonna call some really ticky tack penalties just to let you know yeah no and i don't i don't i'm with you i don't agree with it but i i can see at least i maybe understand the mindset but i mean like perry perry took that stick to the face he's gushing blood and no call well according Um, to uh according to a uh nhl trash talk facebook group that i'm part of uh (laughs) The, the, apparently, if you really slow it down, the puck actually hits Perry. Yeah, what, was it really? Because yeah, I was trying to see it. I thought, it, I mean, it what, just looked like such a. Someone just shot. sent me like a like a like a, a screenshot, and you couldn't tell at all. And so I, I haven't actually seen footage that it is the puck. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he's like, look, it's the it's the puck, and you can't see the puck at all. You just see Perry wincing, and that's about all you get. And everything's kind of blurry. <laughs> And like uh, you said, if, if, with his reputation, probably nobody's crying for him. So. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. Uh, and and that that cut on his face is gnarly. It was nasty looking. Yeah, was it? Did his visor like cut him? Is that what what it was? His visor got? I, I have no idea. That's why I thought it was a stick blade because it looked like that would be stick blade type of cut on his nose. It kind of uh, looked like 
the cut people get on occasion when like someone like folds their helmet over their face and then slams them on the ice and then the visor cuts their face. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. totally. What I, and that's why I thought maybe that you know because the blade's nice and thin like that maybe, but you know stick blade. But yeah, I I have no idea. It was such a weird play, uh, and you know every like you said everything was in the vicinity. It could it could have been a puck shot, but it just didn't feel like I thought a puck would do different damage than that. Uh, but who knows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw the play, but I also like never bothered to go like watch the replays and to see exactly what happened. But Spire, speaking of gruesome injuries, did you watch what happened to Everly at the end of the game? No, I must have uh, missed it. Yeah, he took a slap shot from uh, from Pollock right in the guts. Uh, oh, actually, right, I did see that I, right I, in the I, stomach, and it was just like, man, he caught it. Like, I mean, you, you could tell that that he really got a hold of the slap shot. Like this thing was flying, and it just like hit him in the stomach and stopped. Like he took the full force, but it didn't deflect. It just, <laughs> it just stuck there for a second. And yeah. I did actually see that. And I see, I thought it hit him in one of his arms. And I was nervous. I was like, oh man, did he break an ulna or something or a radius? I was like, I, I mean, that I can't imagine with the padding they have on their hands and, and arms. But I'm more worried he's been pissing blood for a few days. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was it? Well, what the that's Forsberg, right? Forsberg had to have his spleen removed. Yeah, his spleen ruptured in, in a game. Yeah, and uh, yeah. another guy uh, long ago, can't remember who it was, uh, got his liver lacerated. I was like, Jesus. Really? Yeah, it, it might have been an Islander, but I can't remember who it was. It was a long time ago, back in the, probably the 90s or the early 2000s. Somebody, I just remember looking, I was just you know reading the paper like the old man I am, and yeah. see lacerated liver. I'm like, Jesus, how does that, how's that possible? <laughs> I remember when uh, the, the second year the Abs were a team, uh, Sackick missed most of the regular season because he had his he had his calf skated over. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. By, yeah. by Hall of Famer Dale Howard Chuck, but like oh, it, like he was wow. out for like sixty five games for that. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, that's horrific. Yeah, yeah, and it, they pretty much just had to like, you know, sew his muscle together and like reteach his leg how to use it. Good God! And then they came back and still had a Hall of Fame career. That's amazing. I think of like yeah. I always think of the Chris Draper shot from uh, Lemieux in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I think that was the '96 playoffs when uh, that was ugly. Yeah, uh, like how do you, I was like he's there were I remember even the commentators like he he may never play again after that. Just the PTSD he's going to suffer from his face going into the dash and getting split in half. Uh, the fact that he did a post game interview afterwards. Did he really? Yeah, uh, yeah, like that's anytime you, or I shouldn't say anytime, but a lot of the footage of him, of, of if you go to YouTube and, and and watch the play, like it's followed by, you know, like his play, like his teammates, like complaining about it, and then they actually interview Chris Draper afterwards, and this actually broke his nose, wow. orbital bone, and yeah. something else, and his face just looks like looks like he got stung by a bee, and he's crazy allergic. His face he just <laughs> he doesn't even look like a human. It's just this swollen fucking cabbage patch face. <laughs> You're totally reminding me. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's just got to go. Why, why are you guys making him do interviews right now? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you need a you need like a, 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 a um, sign language person. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Uh, you reminded me of something. It's wrong sport, but the similar. Have you ever heard about the? Uh, it was a uh, Rudy Tom Jonovich got punched by Kermit Washington in, the, in 1977 when he's uh, Rudy T was playing for the Rockets and Kermit Washington was playing for the Lakers. No, and, and oh, it's a, it, there's a book based on it called The Punch, and 
there's a it was just uh there's a scuffle because it was kareem was playing for the lakers back then and a lot of guys would go after kareem and so kermit washington was basically like an enforcer he's a power forward huge dude and so you know if, if somebody would scuffle with kareem because the league was a lot kind of more violent back then um or at least you'd get away with more just like any league really but uh so there's a scuffle everyone comes running back towards the scuffle and to kermit washington just turns around and just plants him right in the middle of the face and yeah. it looked and he looked like draper and uh it was it was even worse uh because uh and it was the same tough guy attitude he just thought oh, okay hey i got a broken nose let's put a mask on i'll show up for the second half and there they said there's a pool of blood on on the on the floor and uh ends up later he's getting checked out by the doctor he's like man i got this bitter taste in your mouth um and it's it like that's your spinal fluid. <laughs> he got hit really? so hard, his skull was slightly dislodged from his spinal column. Well, fuck. Yeah, insane. And and yeah. the dude was like, oh, just, just stitch me up, Doc. I'll be in the second half. <laughs> so I guess, you know, maybe adrenaline, maybe just a comp- competitive nature. I don't know. But yeah, that, that those two events kind of remind me of each other a lot. I, I feel like knowing that spinal fluid is bitter is going to send me down a weird spiral of fucking uh, hypochondriac shit. Just every bitter taste in my mouth. Just like, that's it. My head's, my head's come loose again. <laughs> Sorry, man. <A> sp- <laughs> spinal spiral. That's terrible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's rough. That is rough. Uh, can I ask you about some just general Islander shit? Oh, yeah, Definitely. So this this occurred to me this 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 uh, hypothetical or rhetorical question while watching the game last night. Are you guys better without Tavares? I I gotta think so right now. I mean, maybe if he, I mean, if Trotz gets him to play within the system, I guess. And I don't hate him, by the way. I no, get, no, no, not Barzal, but Tavares. Oh no, no, I'm saying yeah, I'm saying with Tavares, a lot of people hated him for going to Toronto. Yeah. Um, and I I don't, you know, if especially the way the. T- the Islanders were looking right before they got trots. I think he was gone before trots got there. Yeah, he um, was. But, but yeah, thinking of him being on this team is amazing. I don't know. I guess I can't really answer the question. <laughs> I, it's quite possible they'd be better. He's an amazing player. He is, uh, he is amazing. I just, I just, but they've just been so good since he left that I'm like, man, it's it. Yeah, like a chemistry thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like I think Duchesne's a good player, but the Abs are significantly better at the moment they got rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard for me to say that could be could be almost. I mean, because I honestly believe they can do go all the way. Still, I mean, it's going to be tough. And Tavares, I I feel like, has the skills to play in the system. Like he's kind of like a somewhat of an all around player. Yeah, I mean, he's almost, he reminds me of almost like a big Barzell. In a yeah. sense. He, he kind of has those skating qualities. He has his, those eyes behind in the back of his head. Um, he, you know, he, he makes these moves you can't believe. And then the next thing you know, it's on somebody's tape with practically an empty net. So maybe they would have been way better, but yeah, who knows? Uh, I, I got to, I, maybe it's just easier for me to believe that they'd be, they'd be, they're better without him since they don't have that option. You know, that's just easier for yeah. me to rationalize and go, okay, they're better without him. It's a good thing he's gone. Uh, would you, uh, how would you see them doing with a different coach? Terribly. Really? Um, I really think Trotz is the what makes, I mean, I know Lamiarello is a great GM too. That's helpful. Yeah. It's, it's helpful that they don't have Wang anymore who owned the team for years and put them in this, that death spiral that went from 95 to Jesus close to 2010, maybe longer. I mean, it was just like, 
okay, we got a team finally that's uh, willing to spend some money and get some players. Uh, we got a system that looks pretty good. And I really do. I think Trotz was a steal just because all he wanted to do was be paid as much as the high the highest paid coaches in the league since he had just won the Stanley Cup in Washington. And they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, he's like, okay, fine. I'll find someone that pays me that much. And he did. And, and he seems like he's worth it. It, it. I think it's great. He's the third yeah. winningest coach ever, which I didn't know. Yeah. I, had to, I had to look that up recently. It's like, oh, okay. That makes, okay. There you go. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty good for the weird mole person that he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Even he, I watched the post game with him last night, or not, not last night, two nights, or whenever they won. <laughs> but yeah, he, he did. They, they said uh, he couldn't see something. Oh, he couldn't when Pollock saved the game in game four. Yeah. Uh, he said, they said, What'd you think of the play? He's like, I couldn't see him too short. as behind all my players. They were all standing up. <laughs> he, really, he, he really is a mole man. That's great. Yeah, really <laughs> I thought when he first started with Nashville that he looked like. He looked like Satan looks like in a movie when he takes on human form, <laughs> you know, when, and no one else can tell that something's off, but like you're right away. Like they make it clear enough for the viewer that they can tell which one's Satan. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah like he's got that's that kind really of like good. evil, almost like Andrzej Kopitar of Guinea Mall can have it going too, but they, they have it going more in like Frankenstein ghoul ways, <laughs> but yeah, he's got a real, he's, he's, he's really aged from, from uh, Satan in human clothing to just straight mole That's man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be funny because I don't, people forget this or don't know this. Zidane Chara also has that Frankenstein quality, you know, being the, yeah. not only kind of a scary looking man, but also being the tallest player the league's ever known. Right. But he started with the Islanders in the first year or two. He was, he was in. Yeah, he was, he, he was part of the Ocean deal, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's uh, how, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because uh, we used to always talk about that with uh, with Zadorov because you know Zadorov isn't when he was playing for the Abs he still isn't a great defender but he's huge yeah but you know everyone would always say like hey man it took Chara a while I'm like remember when Chara played for the Islanders and everyone would be like no I'm like yeah exactly yeah uh, <laughs> yeah he was not very memorable yeah that's all the, that's all everyone knew about him was oh he's six nine okay yeah right, no, well. he's huge exactly that's what I knew <laughs> yeah. about him yeah 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 I mean I I, I honestly thought. I remember when they made that deal, I was like, I think they should keep this guy because I really did think he had a lot of potential just yeah. because of his size alone. And it's like, obviously, he's he's in the NHL. He can obviously do a lot right. Right. But, you know, they weren't very patient back then. You know, they didn't. I, I, don't, I don't think. they. And were. also, you. I mean, how could you predict that he'd be that good? Yeah, that's true that he would be like a 20 year guy and what have right. like at least a couple Stanley Cups under his belt. Oh, yeah. He's a, yeah I, I think he's an instant Hall of Famer. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, that. that yeah. yeah. It's not quite, I don't know if he has Chelios credentials, but he's getting close, I, I would think. You know, it's, you know. Yeah, uh, he's had quite He's had quite the career, especially if you count his Ottawa years when he really came into his own. Yeah, yeah. That, that was back when Ottawa was not, not good at all. Am I right about that? Or, or they were yeah, I want to say that he kind of carried the team for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's, ugh, God, I think about those trades. I think about how bad Ottawa and the Islanders were in the 90s or late 90s. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was rough being, and the Nuggets too. That was rough being fans of those teams because I always liked the Senators when they came when they came back into the league. Was, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, okay, that was a cool team to follow. And I like their jersey and, you know, it's a different Canadian team. But man, yeah, those those were rough years. <laughs> those were really rough years. Cheer for anyone, but the Broncos for me, at least. Right. I, I don't run across many, many, many Sens fans. And I think it's because those those rough years made so many people 
in Ottawa just be like, yeah, I'll stick with the Leafs. Seriously. Yeah. It's like, I'll just go with the Crosstown guys who have been here, you know, right. forever. <laughs> but if they would have come out of the gate like Vegas, man, they'd probably have <laughs> a much better fan base. Yeah. I mean, that, what a steal, man. They did their, that expansion draft so intelligently. I was just like, man, this is already an all-star team. Yeah. Team. Well, you know, I was looking at something the other day that was just like showing like how they got their current roster. And it's only like six or seven guys are from the expansion draft. Like they've oh, changed really? so much over the years. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, well, that's surprising. they had expansion draft and like another three that were from expansion draft trades, oh, you know, which okay. is almost the same thing. Just kind of like, Hey, you know, if you give us this guy, you know, we'll promise to draft your fourth string goalie. So you won't lose anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Kind of shit. Like that's how they got like Riley Smith and stuff. Wow. I mean, that, uh, that Vegas team, that's a, that's they, a hot, hot team. They are a very good team. It's uh, I don't, and I, as much as I hated Dallas last year after they beat us, it's like, I don't hate Vegas. And I don't know. I just, <laughs> well, yeah. I want them to, I want them to lose to Montreal. Uh, I, it wouldn't, I would root, I'd root for them against Tampa Bay. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's my order too. It's Tampa's, you know, they won it last year. So I, I unless yeah. you in Florida, I don't know how you could cheer for them to be honest, but, but I still hold like, I, I, I mean, people were talking like the, the three best teams in, uh, you know, jail before the playoffs started, they're like, Oh, it's Colorado, Vegas, Tampa. And I'm like, I might put Tampa number one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know they kind of had like a lackluster regular season, but that's when they're the best in the postseason when they're, when they don't come in on top. Yeah. You know, when they're just good enough to like have a decent fucking playoff, you know, spot. That's when they're scary. Yeah. And they, I mean, they are, they're the type of team that can just flip the switch and go, Oh, well, now this is when it counts. This is when we play our asses off. I mean, they beat Florida in five and uh, right. And uh, I forgot who they played after that. I think they beat whoever that like was. Carolina. Five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They beat them, I think, in five, too. And I'm like, geez, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> the Islanders can make it go seven, even if they lose. I'm like, that's a good season. Like, <laughs> I can do yeah. that. And, you know, yeah. I want them to win, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, hey, it's better last year when they beat us in six. <laughs> is there a chance Anders Lee could come back? Not that I know of. They were talking about it, but I don't know if you, that, that's a little frightening. Paul Mary's been on fire. And, yeah. uh, and, I don't know if people, a lot of people don't know. I did a little research. He's a Long Island kid. He was born and raised there. We talked about that on uh, on a previous Islanders podcast, but it was before he joined the Islanders. Oh, nice. We were just going yeah. through Long Island natives who played the NHL. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, he winds up on the Islanders. Yeah, I, I really think that's a big, I, I can, at least, I don't know. A lot of people say it's all about the money, but I think, Man, I, that's his childhood team. Right? It's, yeah, it's probably a big reason why he wanted to play hockey when he was a kid. You know, they got three good Devils. I mean, they got Andy Green, they got Zajac as well, and they're all playing pretty well for the. the you know, I know they got Andy Green a couple of years ago, but they, they've really made some steals with the Devils. I think. I mean, didn't uh, Shattenkirk, you know, back in the day, uh, take a huge pay cut to play for the Rangers because he's from, he's from New Rochelle, I think. Oh, see, yeah, I don't know, but I believe it. I, I would do it. I mean, if especially if they're good and you got a shot at absolutely. If you've already gotten like you know one of your big paychecks, one of your big paydays, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I would absolutely do a one-year contract to play for a team that I was a fan of as a kid. Well, um, I, you know, Dave Logan, like lo- local uh, Denver sports hero, yeah. uh, he played his last year or two with the Broncos, and he was at the end of his career. Um, 
but yeah, he he was a wide receiver for the Broncos whenever that was like mid eighties, maybe late eighties. Yeah. But I think that's, and, and they were pretty good then. I think they were, that's uh, maybe right before or close to when they were going to the Super Bowls, even though they got beaten all of them, but those late eighties Super Bowls, I think he might've been on one of those teams or right before those teams. I think maybe he's like, Hey, I got a shot and I get to play in front of all my people. You know, he went to Wheat Ridge High out here right by me. Uh, I knew he had you. strong con out of ties. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he still coaches maybe Cherry Creek. He's, he's coaching one of the big football teams here still. Yeah. The high school. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think, I think for a lot of guys, that would be a factor. I, I got to believe that. I know. I think most, I would, I don't know. That just feels like a human thing, you know, like, a, a, I mean, isn't that the reason Tavares left? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, would, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Toronto kid or wherever he's from. It's yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's, I feel like <laughs> it's a cliche because there's so many call- Toronto kids in the NHL and anytime they're free, they're like, Oh, they're coming home. Lindros is going to the Leafs. Gretzky's going to the Leafs. And it's just like, yeah, rarely, rarely are they right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Imagine Gretzky in that blue. That's a funny thought. Um, I played yeah. for the blues for, for 10 games. <laughs> Did he really? I didn't, was that towards the, the very end? No, it was between Kings and Rangers. He got traded at this, at the trade deadline. Oh, wow. The year, the, year, the first year the Avs won the cup, he was playing for the blues. And he oh, just played. He just finished the season. They went to the second round of the playoffs, I believe. And then the, the next year he signed with the Rangers. So he had like less than half a season with St. Louis. Oh, I had no idea about that. That's got, I mean, I remember watching Gretzky play with the Rangers and they put the 99 in the ice behind the crease. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. I was like, that's got to feel good. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. still playing. <laughs> yeah. And they have a dedication to you on the ice. It was like, they, I forgot that they're called just like his area behind the net, you know. Uh, to make the pass to the front, but yeah, yeah. they had a 99 behind. If I, I, I can find an image of it, hopefully that'd be amazing. Um, somewhere online, but yeah, they had and that's just when they retired that. the number from the league. Well, that's before, um, he, he was still, yeah, and, and then did they? I, I'm assuming they did. Did they, yeah, they, uh, they eventually, I, mean, I don't know when they did it, but they eventually retired 99. That totally makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I like mean, it's such, it's such an easy number to retire. It's just kind of like, really, you're gonna be so ballsy to take on 99. Yeah, if if Gretzky was any sort of single digit, it'd be like, oh, what you're not gonna let anyone wear seven anymore? That's insane. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of outside of 42 with baseball, though, has any other sport done that for the entire sport? I'm not sure. Not, yeah, 42 is the only one I know of. Yeah, because I. And, Oh, they still let a lot of people wear 42 as long as they promised to do it in honor of Jackie Robinson. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, or, or at least they did with the, when they first retired it, they let all the players keep the number who were, who wore it in honor of them. Huh. Like yeah, Mo, Mo Vaughn and fucking. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I know Mo Vaughn was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are definitely a couple dudes that did it. And I remember yeah. that, but yeah, that'd be interesting. I wonder if you can still get that number. Um, yeah, and I love seeing a guy I, I watch. There are a couple Islanders that do it, and I know there's a couple guys on probably every team that still tuck the right side in like Gretzky did. And I just yeah. love that. When I see that, I'm just like, that is... I like that, it too. Yeah, that's just, man, that's still a thing. That's so great. Well, you know, the, he did it because his, his jerseys were too big because he always played like a couple leagues above himself. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I thought it was just a good luck. I mean, it became a good luck thing, right? Yeah, Eventually. it became a good luck thing, but he did it when he was a kid because he was always playing in like a 15 year old league when he was 11. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And didn't have a Jersey that fit him. So he had to tuck half it in just to like, so he didn't look like a fucking balloon on the ice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's amazing. I never, yeah. I never 
knew but that. But we all just copied sense. him because because it was Gretzky. Yeah, it was the great yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I, you, you'll probably enjoy this, or at least it, it's, it's a little brag. But uh, the very first NHL game I ever saw, he was in. Um, was, really? Yeah, it was before we had the end. Well, before and after, because we had the you know the Colorado Rockies for five or six seasons in the late seventies, early eighties. I never yeah. went to any of those games. But uh, this is '93. They did an exhibition uh, right before we got the Grizzlies, and of course the Avs. I think they were just test marking it, and they brought the Sharks in because I think it was their first season. Yeah, about, and then uh, they brought the Kings in with Gretzky and did an exhibition at McNichols Arena. Oh no shit! Yeah, and uh, I, my, one of my friends says, "You want to see, see that?" I was, yeah, hell yeah, I want to see that. And it really is. And when you see him live, it really is amazing. He's out skating all the pros. He's like, yeah. "Okay, now I now I get it." You, you don't see it as well on TV. It's like right. live. I was like, "Holy shit!" Okay, I get it now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was my very first NHL game. Even that wasn't you know didn't go in the standings just an exhibition but yeah it was pretty cool to see him i mean i feel like i missed the gretzky years in that like i kind of like I, I got into hockey around like 94 ish and that's kind of like just when he was past his prime and like you know the last five or so years he was in there he was still like in the top 10 top 15 players in the league but he was no longer like dominating like he was yeah so I mean, it was i never quite got to see the like the you know the full the full form gretzky live yeah, I, I mean, so 93, he was still, he probably was, he was still good, obviously, yeah. but, but it wasn't, he, and he led him to the, you know, to the cup against the, or the final against the Canadians that year. But yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine the Edmonton days. Holy shit. Right. It's got to be amazing to watch with them. And it's funny, I was watching, watch a lot of Islanders videos getting all fanboyed out here lately. And it was funny because this guy said, uh, that Edmonton was not a dynasty. And it's like, you got to win three in a row to technically be in a, a dynasty. He's like making up his own rules, I think, because, oh, Jesus, you know, yeah. Yeah. I was like, really, you're going to say the Red Wings, you know, who won like three in five years or, or Edmonton won five in seven years. That's not a dynasty. Are you yeah. kidding me? He's just wanted the Islanders to be the last dynasty. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I mean, dude. that, and they like, they lost a couple of those just like on, you know, on fluke plays. Like, yeah. there's a, you know, it could have just easily been seven in a row for, for Edmonton. Yeah. And then they lost. And it was such a crazy turn of events because um, the Islanders beat them in five games in 83 or 82, 83. Yeah. And, and then they came back and swept us in 83, 84. Which, really? Yeah. They swept them in that series. I was like, that's insane to me. What a turnaround. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, and that's when they took off and then, yeah, they won like five in the, you know, Five out of seven. And, and I mean, like, that's a dynasty. Were you were your guys getting old at that point? I mean, were like Trottier and Bossy getting pretty old in by the mid eighties? There, you know, when you look at some of their, I was looking at some of the when they started. A lot of them did start in like the early seventies, but I still thought, you know, you won five in a row and you're there, maybe, and maybe those, maybe that was it because you know the Oilers, Oilers, Jesus, the Oilers, <laughs> <laughs> they both were orange and blue. So, but yeah, the, the Oilers, you know, were. Definitely, probably the younger, hotter, maybe hungrier team, but to sweep, I, I found that surprising when I yeah. when I looked at that. Uh, well, shit, we've been uh, we've been going a solid hour. We usually wrap this up yeah. with telling uh, stand up ghost stories. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> do, you, do you have one for us? I, I can go first I, while you organize your thoughts. Um, totally up to you. I, I've got one, and it's horrific. Uh, but I, I can go first. That's, second, which, whichever. That's you like. what the, the, this this is the place for the horrific ones. Yeah, this uh, one's. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so I, I assume you've run mics, you know, open yeah, mics. Yeah, go showcases. ahead. Okay, so this is the very first open mic I ever ran. And this is about, this is 2014. And, uh, it was in Mead Street Station, which is in the Highlands, right across from Sushi High. And yeah. it was like, yeah. And so I was like, okay, this isn't bad. And it was, you know, I was, didn't really know what I was doing. And so I was like, oh, let's set it up, have it at nine o'clock. And we had a big crowd in there. People are eating. And and then the waitresses actually were kind of on top of it saying, hey, we're going to do comedy in about 10 minutes. We're trying to warn all the tables. You know, <laughs> and it was a warning, you know, you know how we, we can be up there. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I get up there and I told, tell this old hack joke. Um, my dad told it to me. Andrew Dice Clay did a variation of that. So I, I get up and I just try, trying to warm up the crowd. <laughs> and it's, it's, I, it's embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to say the joke, but what happened after was worse. So the, so I go, um, you know, my girlfriend told me to give her 12 inches and make it hurt. So I, so I hit, so I fucked her three times and hit her with a brick. Okay. It's an old <laughs> stupid ass joke. <laughs> And this fucking guy got this guy was like, he's a boomer. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm almost a boomer. I'm an, I'm old Gen X. <laughs> I'm clinging to that Gen X affiliation, gotcha. man. <laughs> but uh, this, this guy is probably my parents' age. And he was, he's like, you hit your girlfriend with a brick. What kind of person are you? I go, Sir, this is a fucking joke. Cause it's not obvious that I'm doing comedy up here. This is a microphone. And uh, we went back and forth a little bit. And then, um, and then uh, it started getting ugly. The next thing I know, the the manager just comes up and just literally just yanks the power cord. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, just yanks the mic. I'm like, because he came up and I go, "What's up?" Next thing, I know, he's just pulling the mic out of the wall, and I'm like, "Whoa!" And so, the he had called the owner and told him what was going on. And, and so this and guy so, was like a regular. Um. Yeah, he must have been. Although th- this is a funny thing because he's he did claim regular ship if that's a word uh but there were a lot of other people that said yeah i'm a regular here too and i want to see the comedy tonight yeah but, uh, you know and so i ended up getting into it this guy and just saying all you did was keep people from performing tonight you're acting offended when you're not but what really pissed me off is they had comped as it was him and another him his wife and another couple it was like 90 bucks worth of food and beer and they comped the whole meal really yeah mr mr you know regular oh, oh fuck. You know, yeah it's like it was, you're such a regular so loyal would you not take wouldn't i wouldn't take the comp in that case I'd be like oh no i'm here to support your business yes you know so that was that was probably one of the worst <laughs> that was pretty bad i um, mean but, I, I think it, it really highlights that a lot of times the people that get offended uh either a don't get it yeah or two just haven't been paying attention and they just catch half the joke. Yeah. You know I mean, like they're, yeah. they're actively not paying attention because they don't, they don't want to enjoy the show. And then yeah. when they just overhear something they can get be offended by, they fucking stand up and make a fucking scene about it. And I feel like I've seen that a bunch. It's just kind of like people just like catch half a joke and just be like, Oh, how dare you say that about homeless people? <laughs> yeah, and you're exactly. like, I was doing a character who doesn't like homeless people. Like I was making fun of that character <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they just have no context and they fucking lean into it so hard. I, I once, uh, when I was running a mic at Kinga's in Denver, uh, it was kind of a slow night and, uh, you know, the crowd wasn't into it, but I had written, as like part of a like a writing exercise, I wrote my own aristocrats joke. Oh, nice! Oh, I gotta ask you: Was it? I just put. I gotta have the picture in my head. Was it on the porch outside, or were you in the basement? 
No, uh, neither. We were on the main floor. This is like when it first started. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Right. Which it's the worst place to do the mic uh, is on the main floor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So I, I went up there and the audience, you know, the audience just didn't give a fuck. They didn't, they didn't want it. And so I was like, I'll just do something crazy to get their attention. And I did this very elaborate, just aristocrats <laughs> joke. Uh, you know, and it was, as, as much as I remember it too, like it's just, it's as gross as, as it even comes. And uh, <laughs> when I got off stage, uh, the staff was so pissed at me. And apparently like some uh, couple who'd been doing the same thing, had been eating and drinking there for the last hour, got up and said, we're not paying for our dinner because we're so offended by this joke and, and walked out. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And that may be the most expensive joke I've told. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just like actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they didn't tell me I had to pay for it, but I felt like I did, so I was just like, "Okay, here's their." I think it was like 40, 50 bucks, but still. I was gonna say we, we need to compare notes. I like oh, mine was ninety, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I beat <laughs> no, you. No, you, you you win this one. <laughs> but yeah, just, just it is bananas that someone would fucking think they can walk out in a tab just because they don't enjoy the fucking show. It's, it's just like. Yeah, as as Chappelle once put it, he's like, "I don't get paid to make you laugh; I get paid for the effort." <laughs> yeah, I love that. And <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's it, it really is a place we've come to in comedy that's uh, just kind of ridiculous. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, well, thanks for being on the show. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, not really. I mean, if anyone's in Denver, they can come to the Mercury on Friday nights. This well, like I said, the last uh, Friday, this Friday, and then uh, we got Saturdays in July, except for the third um i do oh yeah this is an okay one i do uh i do a little stupid youtube thing called average guy opinions uh i yeah. try to do a 10 minute little babble every day that's my goal and i also have a podcast but i haven't been really active with it called uh, another comic another podcast i'm proud of that title <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I so mean, I this was almost called comedians talking hockey so uh i, mean, yeah. I have no uh <laughs> I have no room to judge titles, <laughs> but uh, this is great. And thank you so much, man. Uh, and I'm sorry about my uh, technical difficulties and all the cursing. Uh, you, Not, no. I know you guys can handle cursing, but it must have been it must have sound like a psychopath. I know. I no, screaming. like I said, it, it wasn't out of place for this podcast in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> and we start almost every episode, you know, half an hour late, so that was no big deal either. Uh, Rosenberger, you got any plugs? Uh, yeah, July 10th, uh, We're Not Sweet um, at Central Organic, 7 p.m. bake sale, 8 p.m. comedy show, 10 p.m. video games. Sweet. Yes. Uh, and I have nothing to plug. Um, you have a podcast, <laughs> don't you? What's that? You have a podcast. I got, I got you check out Broken Shtick. Uh, <laughs> it's a fantastic hockey podcast uh i'm doing uh we're doing power hour in uh in fort collins again on july 23rd i think that's my next show that i'm producing um yeah that's uh (laughs) that's what i got for now i I made the mistake of john you ever do this where like you take a break of, of like just hustling for spots in new york and then like two months later there's just a complete gap in how many shows you have you're like fuck uh it just catches up to you and you're like damn it it's that that lazy fucking couple weeks I had two months ago. Damn it. Um, yeah. So I'm going through that now, which is, uh, it's not, it's, you know, it's not an easy time for me. So keep me in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, I'll, I'll have got his mics to fill my stage time fix. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, John uh, Corelli. Thanks again for being our guest. 
Thank you. And thanks, John Rosenberg. Thank you, uh, Brett Hiker. I appreciate you guys. A lot of fun. Thanks for letting me weird out on hockey for a while. Of course. Thanks for uh, being a good Islanders fan. (laughs) Got a few of us left. Yeah, right. All right. Hit that theme song, John. Work all day has got me sick. I'm tired of all the politics. Only one thing does the trick. Time for broken shtick. Part hockey, part comedy. You get all of your kicks for free. There's only one place to be here on Broken Shtick. The world is changing, don't you blink. Outside and inside the rink. Go and pour yourself a drink. It's even later than you think. Just played you a trick And you feel like a lunatic Grab a puck and a stick real quick It's time for Broken Shtick It's time for Broken Shtick It's time for Broken Shtick